Did Apple just cancel a key iPhone model? Is there a new attraction to Qi wireless charging? And did we just receive a crystal ball to see Google's future? All that and more on this week's episode of Stern's Tech Talk. That's right, we've got some interesting news this week, but uh, before we get into all the updates we have for you today, we did want to follow up with last week's video. Uh, over the past week, DeMar Hamlin has made some great steps in the right direction on his road to recovery from things like breathing with only 50% oxygen support to fully breathing on his own to interacting with teammates, friends, and family um, to the news we just heard today that he has been discharged from hospital in Cincinnati and is returning home to Buffalo per his doctors. That's so good. it's just great things to hear, um, not only observe all the support, but to be a part of that support and seeing the, how that affects both um, the community up in Buffalo as well as what's been going on in the University of Cincinnati Hospital. And uh, I know that DeMar, his family, and friends, and, well, the whole Bills organization appreciates the support they receive from both the local community and the uh, the community on a national scale. So, Yeah, for sure. It's really good to have him back, and uh, um, hopefully he'll uh, be able to start back up again, but we'll see. Yeah, for right now, he's actually been placed back on injured reserve, so... Um, Cool. I think I think I think just the the fact that they have him back just just in person is is an amazing blessing in and of itself. So, um, yes, yes. But with that being said, we'll jump right into this week's tech rumors, news, and updates. Um, so to kick this off, we have quite a few updates concerning Apple. Some of which don't quite hit a positive note. Uh, however, the first that we have is regarding Apple's plans to combine the Wi-Fi chip and the Bluetooth chip into one, which in turn would replace the components that had been previously provided by Broadcom. That said, these plans won't actually make their way into products until 2025, Mm -hmm. or at least so says Mark Gurman. Uh, Along with that, Apple is expected to transition to an in-house designed slash developed 5G modem. Uh, That would also surface during that year. Uh, Now, of course, all the current 5G modems in the latest iPhones are supplied by Qualcomm, but yeah. Apple has had aspirations to you know, be their own 5G modem supplier, uh, something that many of us heard rumor of back in 2022, uh, of which the iPhone 14s would be the first series to house said modem. Unfortunately, due to delays and snags in the process, uh, they are set back a couple of years from their initial goal. Yes, and we've also got some information from uh, Mac Rumors in regards to the iPhone 15, actually. Um, production has already started for um, by um, Foxconn. Uh, they're starting their NPI, or what's called the New Product Introduction. Um, they've mentioned that the lineups will essentially be the same as this year, except the Ultra will most likely take place at the Max, like we've already mentioned uh, in weeks past. Um, so nothing super new, but I just we did want to give you... Uh, some alerts on that and to make you guys aware of that, that they have started uh, early production. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take quite a bit of time to get that all the way up to a uh, mass scale inventory for uh, the fall. Yeah, so. for real though. Uh, and then transitioning on to um, some unfortunate news for Apple, as will be a lot of things uh, on this particular episode. Um, if you were hoping for something new in the mix from the Mac Pro model, it doesn't look like much of a revision is in the works. According to German, Apple has no plans to update or redesign the look of the Mac Pro, which is just the latest news that we've seen concerning the desktop tower. 
We've heard previous rumors that Apple has no plans to develop the M2 Extreme chipset. Um, and honestly, aside from the internal customization that a tower offers, uh, which is also expected from Apple to mix the ability to upgrade RAM after the purchase with the M series chipset, since they are unified memory. Um, the Mac Studio is shaping up to the most desirable Mac from a power user standpoint while maintaining one of the smaller footprints in their line. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, personally, I can appreciate the internal upgrades that can be made on a desktop tower, but if you can't even upgrade the RAM after you buy the computer, then that just makes it that much closer to a model that doesn't even seem as functional as the typical desktop that used to be that it used to be. Uh, at least from a Macintosh standpoint. Um, I mean, it's, it's great to see all the speed that's coming from the M series and such, but if you're going to make it to a Mac Pro, it really needs to be customizable. Uh, Agreed. Basically on every level, and I guess part of that is just, you know, sacrificing the speed of unified memory. So, um, yeah, Mac Studio, uh, I really think, I don't know, I, I guess th- I think that really is the best that they have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's, it really is. It's, it's so small, and uh, it, it's got quite a bit of uh, capability. So, yeah. um, In either case, I'm actually curious what your thoughts are on Apple canceling, uh, not even delaying, but uh, full-on canceling the iPhone SE 4 and the rumors of them potentially dropping the price of the 15 Plus next year. You know, you can get the Plus model at its you know, least possible pricing at $900 as of the 14 plus for this year or last year, I should say. Um, you only pay $100 more for the pro and the base costs right. $799 or $800 and so on and so forth. And you might think to yourself that this is just how Apple prices their lineup, right? Like, you know, you have one device that starts at this and then goes up 100 incrementally. The problem is in the ecosystem that we live now with companies Everything over $100, or most things I should say, have way better specs than this Plus. And so I just think, in general, it's not even worth buying because, sure, you're getting a niche product that we haven't seen for the last four or five years. But what's the point of really buying it when you're not even getting at least the same or close to the specs of a close to $100 more phone for the Pro? I just don't think it's a good idea. And sure, they're going to decrease the price possibly next year, but, I mean, they didn't get a whole lot of buys this year. I'm just not sure. It's just adding to that ecosystem, I think, and it's probably not a good idea. And in regards to the SE, I'm not really happy at all about it being canceled. Uh, The entire point of the SE series was to have a product that was a lower price so people would be able to settle into Apple and not spend so much Uh, You know, I have my wife and um, her mother. They both have the second generation SE. They both love it. It's simple, small, it's compact, and it's really what they need for their everyday use. But now seeing Apple cancel is pretty much, you know, a punch to the face, I think. You know, they made their mistake with the second and third generation with it being so similar. The only difference was the 5G. Um, But they could have really had an opportunity to change all that by making this fourth generation be the same as the XR or the 10. Because that's actually a good strategy because then you get people into, you know, used to not having home button. And we can argue, sure, the home button is a really good um, part of the iPhone. I think they should have kept it, but we can argue that in any case. 
Um, but it's a good marketing strategy because that brings people into the newer modern devices of Apple and you just cancel that way of doing it. It's like, I don't even know what they're doing here. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is justified when you look at the source and the reasoning behind it. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess to go to your first point, as far as the 14 plus, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think, um, there are a lot of models out there that you can get that have better specs, better performance, uh, in certain cases, uh, even from a, uh, a photography standpoint. Um, yes. Just to mention the specs real quick, the iPhone 14 plus has a 6.7 inch screen. Guess what the uh, Google Pixel 7 Pro has? Same thing. It's 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 pretty pathetic. Yeah, so I is. really don't understand why they priced it so high. Uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, uh, even at nauseum. And I like the fact that it existed. I don't like the fact that it has how they approached it. I agree. Um, and, yeah. and transitioning into the SE line, um, I wish that it would have been the iPhone 14 Plus that would have been canceled instead of the SE. So. Yeah. Um, I, I know that when we first heard this, I was thinking that Apple was trying to fix the problem of having too many models for the masses. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that is part of the issue. But ultimately, it came down to the sales of the iPhone 13 mini, the 14 Plus, and the SE3. Uh, paired alongside with the fact that the, if they intend to make the SE4 a refreshed iPhone XR, as you said... Uh, therein lies the challenge of offering a larger screen, mm-hmm. which adds on more cost that entails those components, while attempting to maintain the low-cost value that the SD has been known for. Yeah. Um, so r- really, with all that being said, um, I feel like Apple really just screwed this one up way beyond belief. And, um, and, and I mean... the there's also the notion that Apple can always reinstate the SE line sure. and launch the SE4 yeah. at any point in time. But for now, I mean, they are reevaluating their iPhone lineup as a whole, you know, with, with the pricing strategy. So I am still interested to see what it looks like over the next couple of years. I'm just not impressed with what they did, you know, in 2022. No, not at all. You know, they flipped it on its on its head by canceling when they shouldn't have canceled and keeping when they shouldn't have kept. But um, and then moving on, we do have some information uh, from nine to five Google actually regarding Google's Air glasses. Um, now this info actually was from back in mid December. I guess we just didn't see it, um, but it's still it's still we had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty busy. <laughs> yes. um, but I mean, it still is relevant. We still want to keep you guys updated with this. So um, we'll get into it. Um, this article suggests that Google will be replacing the physical joystick with an optical sensor. Um, and it's going to be sort of like a ring, uh, that you can actually use, um, sort of like for your, uh, the controls in a sense. Uh, not yeah. only okay. would this allow for more efficient use in my opinion, but as nine to five Google says, it would allow the parts to be less likely to break since there is not a whole lot of them moving. Google has also been undertaking a bracelet to where quote users would swipe and tap with vibrations serving as feedback. Honestly, this is a pretty smart move. I think having had some experience with this, um, their watch, it would allow Google to improve and take advantage of what they've learned and already made and then make it into this prototype for um, this sort of uh, Google um, headset, if it makes sense. It wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't be like an actual watch in a sense, but taking what they've, like I said, taking from what they've learned and then putting it to like a bracelet fashion that would be used for sensors uh, and whatnot, um, I think that'd be a pretty good uh, way of going through with it. 
Uh, yeah, not to veer too far off uh, into this topic, but I am kind of curious. When you say bracelet, does it say anything about implementing any sensors? Because like you're saying, they can use some of that watch, uh, you know, um, technology and, you know, with heartbeats and stuff like that. And it could be like exercising even, you know, you know, with the, with the virtual aspect of it all. Is, is that even stated in the article as of yet or are they still unknown? No, it doesn't look like it is. It just talks about okay. the... Um... The, um, just vibrations and stuff okay. to allow you feel like you're immersed into the actual um, I VR. Gotcha. Um, but who yeah, knows? Maybe that, that, that will be added. I mean, that would be honestly really great to take into consideration. Um, if, yep. if you have a heart rate that's going way too up, you can keep track of that or give you a warning. So, yeah, it's exactly. good things to add to that. So, Yep. Uh, and then on the opposite side, we have Apple, who has again reached another delay regarding their AR VR headset. No shock. <laughs> a lot of things are being delayed, um, as we'll see, um, actually here. So yeah, and I think it was supposed to be for what the second half of twenty twenty three. We originally expected it to be around February, but that's obviously not going to happen. So, um, there was one thing. I, the the one thing I did hear about that is evidently they're going to have the battery pack around the waist. So I'm guessing that's supposed to alleviate some of the weight from the headset to make it, you know, a little bit feel like it's not so um weighting down on you know your neck and stuff like that yeah, that's cool yeah i thought i thought that was a good implementation i know some people are a little bit hesitant on that with you know having it as a separate piece but um you know we're still in the early goings of ar vr you know as yes. far as going to the masses so i feel like this is a, a strong d- development uh, obviously meta has theirs and sony has has their models as well so more competition we're just they're kind of just you know um, touching the waters, as it were. So yeah, and you know, as Ming Shinquo has um, stated, uh, he believes they'll be probably about at least five hundred thousand units. So I mean, okay. that's a lot uh, to take in. And there's even other um, analysts that are saying even eight hundred thousand to one point two million. So hmm. it, it's a lot to take into account, and especially like you said, I totally agree. It's a new device. Apple's going into this um, sort of new territory here. Honestly, I feel like delays are to be expected in a sense. You can't really predict necessarily when they're going to. No, and I'm just saying like when you get into the mixture of, I think part of the deal was uh, software development delays Mm -hmm. as part of the deal. So, and when you mix that with the whole entire chipset issue and just the delays in general that we have in this economy, I I think it's that you really have to, like you said, expect delays. So, um, yep. Next thing, I, I'm not really entirely sure if you caught the news on this particular item this week because I didn't see your list, but I consider this to be quite good news for uh, Android users. So according to an article on Business Wire, which was highlighted on Mac Rumors, Qi 2, the next generation of Qi wireless charging, will now incorporate a magnetic power profile, which was ultimately spearheaded by Apple and their development of MagSafe charging on iPhones. Hmm. Uh, personally, I'm a huge fan of this because uh, you know it makes for a more desirable, efficient charging experience due to its more accurate alignment of the charging coils aided by those magnets. So I don't think a lot of um, Apple users realize this uh, or even remember it on previous iPhones. But when you were using Qi Wireless, one little bump of the of the phone off the pad and it's, it's you can't yeah, charge it. Yeah, it's done. Yep. So, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of, they, they uh, veer more towards wired charging, but even when you're trying to use wireless charging, it's just, it's a really big pain, and just having those magnetic alignments makes for a whole uh, different experience that's beneficial to the user. So, I'm not really sure if you had any uh, maybe counter thoughts or... 
no, honestly, that's a really good idea. Um, holds the device in place. Uh, that would secure. Yeah. And you don't have a problem. I've had a lot of problems recently with my um, watch falling out of its charger because it is magnetic. And it's annoying because I think it's on the charger and then suddenly it's fallen and then it's off. It just it, it gets annoying sometimes when you have that. And I think this is actually a, a good advantage to have. So I'm really glad about that, actually. Yeah, expected to come in the uh, the fall, or actually, I think it's around holiday time okay. of 2023. So, yep, cool. Um, and then we've actually got for you guys uh, just a deal. It's <laughs> we would have had some stuff last week, but obviously, um, we had some things we need to discuss. But uh, this one particular is just the uh, the iPad Mini Six. Um, it's back down to its all time low of four hundred dollars on Amazon. Uh, it was 500 uh, so the sale is available in purple, pink, and starlight, all of which are in stock and ready to ship directly from Amazon. This is taken directly off of Mac Rumors. What's the storage on those? 64. Six, wait, 64? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. But hey, you yeah, know what? It's a, deal. If, it's a deal is a deal. If, you, if, you, if you're looking for the 6th uh, the Gen Mini, then... Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still something. Though. Yeah, that was the only thing we had for this weekend deals, but uh, there you have it. Yep. Um, but really, for the biggest news that we have accrued over the past few weeks, uh, Google's roadmap for the next three years was leaked online. Uh, now, of course, uh, even though Android Authority, who cited all these details, claims that certain models uh, are clearly going to be released, which on some level I can actually agree with that, mm-hmm. uh, one or any number of these will either be could either be delayed, altered, or even canceled, especially the further out we go from on this roadmap. Uh, Some of which will be determined on the sales of these items that are on par to release within the next four to ten months around there, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, But with that said, we're actually going to start off with this year, uh, 2023. Yeah, so we have the Pixel 7a, which is slated to release with a uh, $450 price tag, and Pixel Fold at a higher price of $1,700 which are set to release during Google I.O., which would place it in April or May of this year. Um, Then later on, we will have the Pixel 8 and the 8 Pro, and these will come likely around the same time frame as last year's 7 and 7 Pro in the fall. The only thing worth noting about these models is the 8 in particular will likely have a smaller screen size than its Pro counterpart, and the Pro will maintain the same size as the current 7 Pro, both of which are sure to support Google's Tensor G3. Yep. Yeah, which I'm I'm excited about those next models. Yeah. Um, I think I think they can only go you know up from here because they've been doing an amazing job with those. But mm-hmm. uh, moving on to 2024, this is where some of these expectations are contingent upon 2023. So for starters, there is a chance that we may have a Pixel 8a, but sources state that there is a strong possibility that this may be canceled based on 7a sales. Now that's not to say that uh, Google will actually follow Apple's suit and cancel their um, budget line. Um, but rather they will transition to a two-year vision plan where they would only release a Pixel A every other year and would probably yeah. pull up on about a $50 price hike, which would move it to $500 if the A8 did come out. Um, and then we transition to fall of 2024, uh, and this is where things get a little more interesting, I guess in case they weren't already. Um, it's stated that Google plans on releasing the Pixel 9 series but adding another brother to the lineup. First, you would have the standard Pixel 9, which at this point we don't know too much information and how much different it would be from the 8, other than keeping with a smaller screen size 
uh, transition from the 7. Uh, and then we expect a Pixel 9 Pro, which would rock a 6.7-inch screen. But then we would also, from understanding, have another Pixel 9 Pro, which would emerge, and this would be a smaller version of its Pro sibling, sitting at around 6.3 inches hmm. on the display size. Okay. And now, of course, the price, the availability, uh, even the names are all uncertain. So this is kind of just what we're yeah. guesstimating here, at least based on these right. rumors and this, this roadmap here. Uh, which should be no surprise to most, if not all of us. Um, however, according to Android Authority source, this is without any doubt happening. Google has seen the success that Apple has had at providing two different screen sizes on their Pro lineup. So yeah. these would all expect to arrive on the scene that housed the Tensor G4. So mm. Now, there is a small hint that 2024 could see a follow-up uh, foldable to the 2023 Pixel Fold. But that's all dependent on how the sales go. And yeah. just to take one moment, I think Google really needs to approach this the same way uh, that Samsung does. Mm-hmm. Um, their first Z Fold was, you know, not the best. It had definitely quite a bit of issues. Yeah. Um, but they kept on going with it. And now they've evolved to probably the biggest giant foldable company out there, uh, whether that's, you know, a vertical hinge or just a clamshell type. So, um Google really just needs to roll with the punches and improve on that model year over year because we really need a competitor against Samsung. Absolutely. Yeah. And then on to 2025, Uh, this is where we encounter more of the unknown that we do certainties, much of which is so reliant upon how 2023 and 24 play out. First, we have news that Google hopes to compete against Samsung in the Flip Series department, which would take on a clamshell design slated for the fall of 25. Some of this, again, has to do with the success of the Fold. And this is where things could take a turn, and maybe not for the good. For whatever reason, if the foldable clamshell approach doesn't work, Google could dare tempt fate with Apple's approach and bring on a larger, non-pro, non-A-series phone. This would mean you would have the theoretical Pixel 10, the 10 quote-unquote plus, and the Pixel 10 Pro and Pixel 10 Pro small screen, which as we've discussed with <laughs> the plus from Apple, not really a good idea. Yeah, uh, that's, I, I think if, if you haven't listened to the show uh, for season one, you probably know that Riley and I really are not a big fan of just all the craziness that goes on with Apple and their iPhone lineup. So really for Google to follow that is just pretty stupid. I'm yeah. just going to say it right out like that because it is. Um, the the fact that they're trying to go with a smaller pro, that's fine. I get that. But the more and more you expand, um, I think they really just need to push for that foldable market. I really think that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, and that's where they can put you know part of that share into um, the market for foldables. Uh, we have too many candy bar style phones out there. And the last thing we need is five pixel models, including the A-series. So, for real, though. Um, But with all that said, we do hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Feel free to like, subscribe, share, as well as comment down below if you are listening on YouTube. We're definitely interested to hear what your opinions are and what surfaced between 2022 and 2023. Um, You can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook. And we'll definitely be back next week for more news and updates. This is J.D. and Riley signing off. Peace out. Peace out.